episode 97 of the craft heads podcast the podcast where my best friend of 20 years tommy and i talk about a specific topic for about a half an hour uh give shout outs to local businesses places things whatever experiences we've had we've also we also have a cocktail or a beer or wine of some kind this week's drink is the oak aged Syracusa nara i guess we've been drinking these for a while it's from dogfish head it's super weird. It's in a Russian imperial stout with Syrah grape must added and aged in oak. It's like a hybrid. Musk? We have musk in our beer? Oh, damn it. You got me. <laughs> um, so this is, it's sort of like a hybrid between between a red wine and beer because it, it's 10%. Cheers, bro. Oh, cheers. It's um, oh, and wait, if you're, which one do you want? Because there's a little bit more in there. I know you're driving. I'll take the smaller one. 10%. Um, we don't drink and drive on this show, of course mm. not. Uh, if you're joining us from uh, the platform episode, which we just recorded about five minutes ago, Literally. welcome again. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not, then welcome back, hopefully. Yeah, this is sort of, um, we have some Corona thoughts, of course, and they are just that, thoughts. <laughs> and then I have some interesting random shit that I want to drop on Tommy, especially while he's nursing a tiny baby buzz. But I want to give a special, special shout out to... Dogfish head for um, pouring a great beer, yeah. and uh, we didn't you, talk about the beer. The darkness is amazing. It has floral notes at the same time having nutty notes. It's a bit nutty. So, are you a big fan of this overall? I mean, I like imperial stouts. Yeah, I do too. I don't it's, like stouts, but I like imperial stouts. It is. It's one of those things where I'm not going to tell you that I wouldn't want more than one because I would do two. Mm-hmm. Past that, I feel like you, no matter what, it's like. A very questionable thing. I'm it's pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the like the if you look at a list of the top 100 beers in the world, uh, like any whatever person's list that put this together, a lot of them are going to be imperial stouts because it, I don't know why what what makes an imperial better than a bunch of other drinks, but mm-hmm. I, I guess they're just made really well. And I get it because this is good. It's it's crafty. It is very crafty. Uh, the reason we were buying it is because we found it at our local place a couple months ago there were four packs of this stuff for what five dollars and in terms of bang for your buck i was like yeah so we bought a whole bunch this is maybe this was finally the last one hi tara so (laughs) (laughs) welcome tara i i told you we had a a special shout out so all the way back on episode 82 we did a recap of the trip that Tara, neighbor James, and I went on to New Orleans. And Tommy has also been to New Orleans before. So he also has some input from the trip that he went. It was a bachelor party, right? Okay. So that was a really cool episode and a fantastic trip. Well, uh, Tara and I, and Tommy actually, we've been donating to various GoFundMes, you know, for restaurants and different things uh, around the city. You know, just trying to support the local community, community. During these times. Yes. During, we don't we don't donate otherwise. No, no we do. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Christmas present. Deadly. Uh, but uh, COVID-19, with all the stuff going on, there, there aren't as... There's a lot of people who are very... Their livelihood depended on, you know, being in close proximity with people, whether they're performers or uh, the restaurant business or anything else. And it just disappeared overnight, obviously. So we're trying to do our part. And one of the 
things that I donated to on behalf of Craft Heads was the Panorama Jazz Band. Now, we actually shouted them out and listed them in the description for episode 82. And what was so cool was I got an email from the the band leader, and he's also the, the clarinetist, and I'll talk to, about their music in a second If you, in case you didn't listen uh, to that, that New Orleans episode. Ben, the leader, he, he reached out and he said he obviously thanked us for our contribution and everything, and then he said, I don't know if I know you, but this, that, and we, we just struck up a, a small correspondence, and I told him about uh, how and why I had seen his music at, at the Spotted Cat in New Orleans, and that's what you heard at the beginning of the episode because he he told us um, that he would send us some high-res MP3s if we wanted, and he wanted me to shout out, actually, and I'm very, very happy to do this. They have a Song of the Month Club for people who want to support them monetarily. It's only $5 per month, and it's, it's a good way to help them hang on during the uh, COVID work stoppage. And here's what's amazing. You and I, Tommy, you know, we slip up sometimes. We don't always have one episode per week. Sometimes it's 10 days. Other times we're a little bit faster. These, this amazingly talented group is so dedicated. They've put out a new track every month since May 2014, and they're about to drop uh, number 75 on Wednesday. Now, yes, it's, it's one a month, but this is incredibly talented music. It's not just recording a podcast. That's like, like 80 songs. Well, yeah, he said they're about to drop uh, 75. So, okay. um, and he said, yeah. welcome. And he said, I, I know how intense it is to stick to a deadline like that. So uh, cheers to Ben and the Panorama Jazz Band. We hope you like the music that you heard at the beginning and you'll hear it again at the end. And uh, check out the links in the episode description. I'll uh, also make a quick shout out that I've been meaning to do. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we went on a brewery tour, our second brewery tour using the Atlanta Beer Bus. Uh, shout out that company, great company. Hell yeah! Um, I uh, after we got done with our brewery tour on a couple weeks ago, uh, we took an Uber back to our house. Obviously, being the responsible adults that we are. Yes. Um, and my Uber driver, I commented on. The music that he was playing, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of good." It was like it was it was like a rap musical combination. It, there was real instruments, so I was giving it props for sure. having real instruments. But I also loved rap, so it was a good blend. And the guy gave me his CD, and his name is Lord Talent, Lord Talent. And I um, I, I, I listened to the CD. I listened to a couple more of his uh, songs on Spotify. His very first song on his second most recent album is called. YWF, uh, listen, it's 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 a good one. And uh, Lord Talent, thank you. I gave him a business card. Hopefully, yes. he's listening to the episode. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, I actually he dropped me off. I ran inside, grabbed a business card, and gave him a business card. And I'll I'll tell you after the episode. There were some okay. funny things that happened in between I'm that really transaction. Proud. Thank you. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But thank thank you, Lord Talent. Thank you, Ben Shank of uh, Panorama Jazz Band and, and all of your amazingly talented band members. You guys were amazing. You made our New Orleans trip, um, among many other great things that happened in your city. We hope you all stay uh, happy, safe, and healthy during these very trying times. Let's move into that. An update on... COVID-19. Sentiment. Okay. I, I told you earlier, this is just sentiment. Our feelings and thoughts. We are not experts. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving predictions. Or anything else, as a matter of fact, I become increasingly frustrated with each passing day because of the panic and hysteria 
and everything else. And it's because I worded something, if I may say so, I think somewhat somewhat well whenever I was texting uh, friend Jay Kurtz last night. Mm-hmm. They had a new projection for how many people are going to die. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. Here's what I mean by that. The most overword used in the English dictionary uh, at current is epidemiologist. Uh, epidemiologists, they, they know they know uh, an indescribable amount more than I do about any of this, and and almost everybody in the general popula- population. They definitely know about the diseases and the way things are going to spread. And they can make estimates and predictions on those. But those estimates and predictions are based on one thing that nobody knows anything about. How people are going to react. Mm -hmm. So when I see a thing that says 100, I think last night, by the way, date of recording, April 1st. The last estimate I saw last night was April Fool's Day. Yeah, right. (laughs) Coronavirus is cured. Yeah, we're done. Hey, thanks. Um. It said, I think the White House said 100,000 to 240,000. Something like that. I didn't check. I'm sorry. Deaths are estimated in the United States. The United States. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but that is based on some sort of assumption that you're making about human behavior and reaction and what I, Alex, am going to do, whether I'm going to go out or stay in, what Tommy's going to do, what Tara's going to do, and all other 300 plus million people in the country, right? 330. 330 as of the 2019 census. And before you get too in the weeds about this, I heard a lower and upper estimate of the amount of deaths worldwide. Yeah. And it varies wildly from the what you just said. You're and you're proving my point. (laughs) Twenty one million was the lower estimate of deaths. And thirty-six million was the upper estimate of deaths, and from from a report sure? I read, yes, hundred percent. Oh, oh, I, I have you. the picture on my phone. Okay, so it's not even worth having that projection. Yeah, like that is so insane. It, it to me, it's it's a it's a guess of a guess, mm-hmm. and that second guess is the human behavior, reaction, and population X factor. And it's just like we don't know what's going to happen. Even the smartest, most brilliant minds in the world, they know hundred times better about general patterns and they can make way better predictions than I can, but that's, they're still just predictions of predictions. And I'm not downplaying any of this. This is very serious. I do not want this disease, Mm -hmm. but it's a combination of this factor that freaks me out when combined with again, timestamp, it's now 7, 17 PM. (laughs) They, they put, or I, I saw that Fulton County, which we're in Atlanta proper, uh, that we now no longer, if you are caught outside of your home and you're not obeying the stay-at-home order, that you can get fined up to you know, for non-essential things, up to a thousand dollars or serve time in prison. And I've said this to a couple people already. That's a little bit too close to martial law for me, mm-hmm. and it's really freaking me out. About it's it's to me it's setting a very very dangerous precedent about what the government can and cannot do or should do, and. Once you give a body like that power, it's very scary to think about making sure that they relinquish it 100% and also that they do not revisit it at a later time in greater force. It freaks me out. And then this is total hearsay, okay? This was, uh, uh, again, this, this was a brother of a friend that told me this about an hour and a half ago. But this brother of a friend said that he got something from his boss, like some sort of a memorandum saying that they were going to deploy the National Guard in Georgia to keep everybody in their homes to make sure that they obey this order. And it's, 
again, I don't know if that's going to happen. Complete hearsay. I know the National Guard has been deployed for some states for aid and assistance, but I'm just, all I'm thinking is V for Vendetta, 1984, all these, these different things. And like, when you look at percentages, there's a ton of people infected, but, and the mortality rate, I think is approaching 1.4% as of this morning when I read. 2.5 as of, or 2.25 when I calculated it this afternoon at like one o'clock. See, I, okay, at one o'clock yeah. and I read this morning, I'm a hundred percent sure I read 1.4. There was a lot of deaths like reported today or maybe, maybe even overnight maybe yeah. it was super late last night because i did stay up last night watching the twilight zone because that's what i do but anyways <laughs> the whole thing is very scary and i find myself thinking about personal liberty versus personal safety and that's a freaky line that nobody should ever have to walk and and it's this 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 disease is in this pandemic is a catastrophe not only because it's killing people but because because it's blurring that line mm -hmm. and it's very scary mm -hmm. what, I, those are my sentiments i do not have an expert opinion what do you think um i am such a optimist me at too. heart me too so um i think that um if they're doing if they're if they're putting out this and i'm using this term loosely martial law yeah. that they're going to keep people in their homes and you're going to get fined if you're not in your home um then then it's it's more serious than we are taking it you know and and i mean 15 let's let's assume the the lower estimate of what i heard 21 million to 36 million but that's worldwide you thought 200,000 just throwing out that US. number us right so that's um uh, what what is that that's like 0.66% of people in america die yeah i actually think that's Pretty much, pretty close. 0.66% of people die. I mean, that's really close to what we were talking about with leftovers, you know? Yeah, that's if right. If 0.66 of the population dies, there's going to be a lot of hysteria. I don't, and I mean, I'm not saying, and I think that, you know, if you're in a high risk category, aka, you know, 50 or 60 years old plus. It's even smaller. 0 0.06. 0 0.06. 200,000 divided by, okay, yeah, I guess 0.66 would be, that would be 2.2 million. Correct. Okay. Right there. You're, you're right. 0.06 so that that's a lot that is that, that is a bit, bit different but still regardless i think that it, it's a pretty serious matter and I, I i'm taking it serious i i'm doing the things to i'm keeping my friend group very small I'm, so am i and and i'm only going to the store when i need to you know um claire has been getting a lot more starbucks than i would have yeah. wanted her to but yeah. that that i you also have to like keep your sanity in this time and i i'm if that's true that they're putting out this order then it's going to be even harder to keep your sanity but we've been doing a lot of things like playing games and i i think that i'm seeing a lot of the blessings in it and when i say Same. i'm an optimist at heart i'm seeing a lot of the blessings as as in i'm like getting closer with my close crew of people because i have to like that's how you interact right now is not with your typical co-workers in the office it's interacting with your family and friends at home more and playing doing more things to keep your mind occupied so i'm really excited about what's going to come out of this i think people are going to learn how to how to be more cordial with their families you know like and be happy with what they have the world you are correct tommy the world's going to be a different place after this mm -hmm. I, I would like to think for the better i i would certainly 
hope anyhow as an optimist and trying to see the best in people that people are going to just sort of reassess priorities and everything else and think to themselves like, wow, we, we just got through something that changed the world. There's, there's a small percentage of the world now missing. And it's like, we're, you know, we're very fragile as a people. We're, we're very, uh, we're wasteful. We overconsume a lot of the, those two things that I just said have to do with why it even came about. It's, it's a, it's a mad world that we live in. And I just want to remind everybody that, Yes, it's important to follow uh, all all the common sense. Practice abundant common sense. I mean, just uh, monitor, make sure you're constantly monitoring monitoring your health. Try and wash your hands. Wash your hands seriously nonstop. Uh, do the best you can with your diet. I know it's difficult and limited right now, but you know, just make sure that you're getting the things that normally keep your immune system healthy. Uh, don't drink too much, which mm-hmm. we've I've been taking regular days off in the past two weeks like with zero alcohol not even a single pleasure beer because it's just like i want to make sure i i'm my my body has the best chance of fighting it if i do get it and god forbid i have to spread it to the people that i live with but work out at home yeah find, totally find ways to exercise at home which i know i see people on instagram all the time are like lifting weights with water bottles you know doing jumping jacks do what you need to do Walk get laps. into a routine just do like have a routine that you stop working if you're one of those people that's not in the office and you're working from home. Uh, like, for example, Claire and I at 12.30 or 5 o'clock, depending on how our day is going, we break and have a 30-minute workout where she rides the stationary bike. I'll give love to Peloton. It's a Peloton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I do floor exercises and we rotate, you know. But getting into those routines where we're playing games at, the, at a certain time, where we're working out at a certain time, where we're waking up at a certain time, it's it's... We're in that routine, just kind of like we used to be with going into the office, but it's in a different space as we're with each other more. And I'm finding a lot, like I'm falling more in love with her just during That's this beautiful during this crisis because I feel like we're even more compatible than I thought because we're spending so much time together. I was scared, like us having nonstop interaction with each other. I like thought that the eight hours a day was good for us, but now I'm realizing I want to be with Claire all the time. Well, that's that's very awesome and telling about your relationship because I do know of people who are driving each other insane right now. Oh, uh, who? Uh, Say it out loud. No, no, no. On the I, podcast. I, I, I just, who is it? Hey, Kurt? Just, just out everybody. No, God, no. I swear to God it's not, but I'm not answering any more questions. <laughs> Kurt, I love but, you. I know that you and Kelly are great. Hell no. They, they actually are. I can attest to that, but... Yeah, that, that's a thing for sure where there are, especially people, God love you, people with children mm-hmm. right now. I mean, yeah. that would be different. Here's another, <laughs> here's another really, uh, another perspective changing thing. Don't forget how blessed we are in this country by being able to send our children to public schools. It's not free. You pay taxes. <laughs> but that's, that's full-time daycare, if nothing else, because our education system blows chunks but it's free daycare. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, would I not want to be a parent right now? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, especially for ages, whatever, uh, three to ten. Yeah. I, I, don't, I never Right, I never yeah. That. that would be, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think that it would get, I think that's a good thing about going into the office every day, five days a week, you yeah. know, is to get away, like have that break from mm-hmm. taking care of another human being, mm-hmm. which now you're doing 24-7 so every week it's a god love you god bless you and good luck to all of you who are who have that added responsibility but yeah just sort of wrapping up the the corona talk because jesus we need to talk about something else and 
uh, Tommy and I are here to distract and entertain you, frankly. Mm-hmm. So the the one last thing is that I wanted to bring up that's really weird is one of one of my biggest problems with like being forcefully quarantined and everything is the word essential because mm-hmm. it's very subjective mm-hmm. to me. Uh, like obviously in in science, water is essential to life. But for example, what if you are somebody who, in order to maintain a healthy body weight and um, to avoid heart disease or whatever because you have a pre-existing condition, you're really, really good about your exercise routine and you have to run outside for a mile a day or whatever it is. I'm just coming up with the most basic example. Who is it to say that that is or is not essential? And again, that gray area is the thing that freaks me out. So everybody practice abundant common sense. Be good to other people. Be considerate of other people. Pretend like you are infected because then that way you can be better about a not making sure you don't get it yourself first and foremost and be giving it to other people in case you do which you might because that's that's the worst part of this thing let's face it that you're you can be asymptomatic so for a few days going on to the topic tom <laughs> topic 20 minutes in. yeah well i mean it's more of like a couple a, minutes it's two things that are completely unrelated and you're gonna be like what the fuck but we just gotta wrap this up in 10 minutes we had an amazing conversation uh Tara, myself, James, and John the other night out on the balcony when we were drinking wine. And as soon as we were done, I was like, oh, I would have been a good CHP. We talked about two super weird things. A, what it would be like to be beheaded. Mm -hmm. And B, one of the weirdest and most reviled foods out there in existence that humankind consumes, which is fermented shark. And don't ask me how. I, I think it had something to do. It's not puffin, is it? No, no, no. Fermented shark. Okay. Uh, puffin is like a penguin. Well, they do a weird thing. Oh, my God. The Inuit people. I went on this huge. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to dump some knowledge on everybody. I went down this big rabbit hole on some of these really fucking weird fermented foods. Because mm-hmm. fermentation is fascinating. But the Inuit people will do this one thing. I think it starts with a K. Can't remember it exactly. I apologize. But they literally, they use the skin of a seal. Mm-hmm. And they shove all these birds in it. It's something like a puffin. It's not it, an auk. Mm-hmm. It's an auk, A U K. Okay. And then they seal up the seal <laughs> and seal the seal with seal fat so that flies can't get in. And then they bury that seal case in rocks and let these fucking birds ferment and then eat them however many months later. And it's like, first of all, whose ideal was that? Who was the first one to be like, I'll try it? And people literally die from it, uh, from botulism when they try different birds. I guess ox are the best, but that was a really weird thing. Um, Did this all come from platform, from you guys watching platforms? I don't remember where this came from. Hakarl, the, that's what the name is for the Icelandic fermented shark. I ha- There's a literal page on it in, on Wikipedia, and one of the tabs is reactions from outside Iceland, and this is really great. Anth- Chef Anthony Bourdain, who killed himself, mind you. <laughs> Described fermented shark as the single worst, most disgusting, terrible thing he had ever eaten. <laughs> and I read, and do, please look at that page on Wikipedia. It's fascinating. The reason we, we were moving on, I, I remember the train of thought. I brought up fermented shark. We were talking about weird foods. Then we were talking about uh, balut, or however you pronounce that, B-A-L-U-T. It's like a fertilized and growing tiny, tiny chick embryo. Mm-hmm. That I think it's a delicacy in the Philippines. It's eaten in several Asian countries. But they... Have you ever seen it? No. Okay. 
uh, Wikipedia that, B-A-L-U-T. I'm showing Tommy on the air. But it's like an actual developed embryo of a chicken, and they eat it. And I was just like, oh, God, it's so weird. And then we were talking about how uh, Tara brought up how in some Asian countries they eat, like, live mice. Mm. And, and John and I were just saying, like, you know, why can't you just kill it first, uh -huh. you know, and then eat it? And James was like, what's the difference, you know, and all this? And, you know, you're killing it in your mouth. And, and then... I was desperately trying to come up with an analogy and I was very thrilled. And I was like, okay, James, would you rather have your neck slit or would you rather be eaten by a shark in the ocean? Uh, That's the difference. It's like the terror. So the two questions are that, would I rather have my neck slit or be eaten by a shark and what it would be like to be beheaded? So we moved, first of all, <laughs> would you rather have your neck slit or be eaten by a shark? If, you're, if you know for a fact you're going to die one way or the other, you're not going to survive the shark bite bites you in half yeah oh then probably the shark it's quicker i would i would assume what bleeding out from my neck oh I... dude if it's a deep gash you've got like 10 15 seconds yeah. the shark who knows your neck i will you said you well were... she just said bit in half i mean that's also 10 or 15 seconds but it's also kind of crazy you know, who there's the terror aspect that's what i, I think that with. it would be beautiful but it'd be that terrified oh, when you're dying i wasn't expecting this but i love it this is what chp is for and also, by the way, I had some knowledge dropped on me the other day. When you're beheaded, you have enough oxygen in your head to live for another 10 seconds. This is what we were talking about. Okay. So, Tommy, you're insane for answering incorrectly. No, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sane because it's cool. No, no, no. I, I was talking about the uh, yeah, the, the terror factor and all that because mm -hmm. the shark's a bit more of an unknown. But moving on, we were talking about death. It was a great macabre conversation. And holy shit, we were thinking... There is something really viscerally horrendous, but fascinating about beheading. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I can't imagine that it's just boom, mm -hmm. like split second blackness. No, it's not. <laughs> what is it like? <laughs> um, what I mean, I would assume that you know when they have that they have like the phantom limb thing and where like pains, yeah, yeah, like you if you have a, a leg cut off, like you feel like you still have your leg for a while until you're. Until, like, you're used to not having the leg, yeah. then your brain doesn't process that. So I'm assuming being beheaded, you probably are like, oh, my body is still there. But then you're like, oh, fuck. And then you're dead. Can you imagine <laughs> looking around and, like, maybe blinking once or twice more or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't... Tara, is there anything that you can bring into this ridiculous conversation? Because I remember that night just being very, very into this conversation. Well, I mean... I don't know. I mean... Oh, God, Natalie... No, Natalie, say something to me. No, I... Don't go too far because I got to get going anyways. The the one thing that I just thought about is like, you know, you think about all the different ways you could possibly die and you don't know what it's like until you're actually fucking dying. So, I don't know. Like, being bit half by a shark, shit no. Like, I'd rather not have the terror. Because I'm terrified of deep water, especially like oceans and lakes mm -hmm. because you don't know what the hell is down there. But like, being beheaded and like just feeling searing hot pain of like... You know, obviously a huge gash on your neck. You don't know what to feel. You're just a head lying there and you're still conscious for like 10 you got seconds. Yeah, a tiny little bit of oxygen. Yeah, you, you're, you're just blinking and you're like, and I'm just thinking about like where your neck would get like hacked and like your larynx is in there. You're, you're gonna, your brain is gonna think, I gotta breathe, but there's nothing there. Like you're not attached to a body. So it's like the terror of not being able to figure out how to breathe, the terror of not being able to speak. You literally are just laying there, oh, like, you're very aware of what's going on for at least 10 seconds. 
Speaking of, that's terrifying. Um, I have a final question when you're done. Okay. Speaking of, I there's two things I have to continue off of this conversation. Uh, one, Ozark. Uh, in the very first scene of the of oh, the shit. newest of the newest season, season three, episode one. I know a lot of you are Ozark fans out there. It's my favorite show, maybe a, in top five favorite shows, and moving up there quickly. It's great. Um, they, this guy pretty brutally slits a guy's neck in the very first. Uh, episode but also another thing about the very first episode is you'll see a mansion in the very first episode of season three uh on the water and that is actually filmed in lake lanier georgia and that mansion is actually a mansion that alex and i went to one of my friend's birthday parties and partied at like drank and you know like it's a mansion and we were there for like two nights uh, hanging, so uh, I saw that mansion pretty much flip my shit. And uh, Tommy texted me. It, it's at twenty two thirty five and thirty three. Those are the timestamps. Timestamp minute timestamps for that yeah. episode. So in, enjoy my reveling that you're talking to somebody who's indirectly famous for staying We're in the famous. house. It's a two point <laughs> five million dollar home. Yeah. Um. What was your follow up before we uh, sign off? Your last question. Would you rather? Be beheaded or drown. Drowning just looks horrible. I am I'm so terrified by that notion. I think I would go for the beheading and and see what that. But they say it's a pretty like, peaceful way to go though too. Who people who died? Who I that expression people who drives have me passed nuts. out. Yeah, I mean you just pass out, but but the people that come back after passing out are like that's true. I assume that I just would have either died or somebody would have revived me. You so know, when they come back, that's, yeah, that's one of those expressions. But I've never heard somebody who drowned say that. So yeah, okay. I'm going with the beheading. I don't know. I I am fascinated. I'm fascinated with beheading, and I'm signing off. Okay, fine. <laughs>